Arose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Well, all us amigos, we got plenty to get into today. It's alive. It's alive. He's alive. That honestly is the first thing that popped in my head when I saw that Zion Williamson is back, baby. No, not on a court, on social media. We'll get into that. Saints, what do you make out of one Saints player's social media post yesterday? And also the team making a move on the roster, waving someone. What do you make out of that as well? Got plenty to get into, but of course, you know what day of the work week it is. I got to make it official. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. Hump day. I know you can hear me. Let's get stupid. Today's more than what the camera Wednesday hump day is. Day is Soxie in the digital underground. I keep remembering, we're getting there, Jordan. Gonna have to maybe put in Dennis Allen there now. Do we keep head coach Sean Payton part of the Wednesday intro there? Along with Caleb the Camel. As it is hump day, midway point of your work week. Got plenty to get into here in a sec. Words of wisdom. Now, if you hear the music behind me over this, and you might hear some whistles and balls dribbling as well. I'm over at Averby Fulgerman Arena inside Devlin Fieldhouse. I got a game to call at 3 o'clock, so I got to work, right? So I got to do the show, so I'm courtside doing that. The men... Have a game coming up tonight at 7 o'clock against the Houston Cougars. We spoke with Gary Smith yesterday to kind of help preview and get ready for that game later tonight here. And they're looking for their first first top 25 victory since 1999. 1999, a year after I graduated college. So it's been a while since they've beaten a top 25 team, NC State back in 1999 so that'll be going on a little bit here in the backdrop but we'll speak with Corey Glower coming up at 115 he will have the call from right where I'm sitting after I get done Sean Fox in that same hour let us know what's going on up there in fun row or maybe down the road down the interstate Louisiana Tech taking on LSU today on the diamond both teams three and oh now I don't know if it's true I don't know if he's messing around I don't know if he's just trying to get a freebie but Ben Mintz Barstool, Mincy, you know what I'm talking about, right? We've had him on the show in the past, very popular social media person. Um, he posted earlier today that he was hoping somebody could hook him up with a credential or free ticket because $200 for a midweek college baseball game was ridiculous. I have no idea if that's the going rate for a ticket at Louisiana Tech for the fourth game of the college baseball season. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, but we'll ask Sean Fox if he's actually using his tickets to help pay for his next, next, you know, Disney family vacation. But we'll speak with uh, both of those gentlemen in hour number two. Coming up in hour number three, Will Guillory is going to join us from The Athletic. Will today posted something uh, about Zion Williamson. And obviously the last two days he has been the principal character of our show, right? 
Well, Will posted three hours ago his latest piece. So much of the Zion Williamson experience in New Orleans has been shrouded in mystery. But his latest drama has made it clear it's time for him to start speaking up for himself and backing up those words with action. It's been very interesting in the last 48 hours, hasn't it? Since the C.J. McCollum stuff took place on Saturday. We all started talking about it on Monday. And then, you know, yesterday on Tuesday, J.J. Reddick went nuclear. I mean, there's no other way to look at it like that, right? Repped by the same agency, was a teammate with him. Really painted an, a, a, a certain kind of picture about Zion. And pretty much everybody just had it. Um, yesterday and, and just brought up, hey, look, this is a pattern of behavior. We're not surprised. Get it fixed and all of that. So everyone's kind of putting their opinions now to sort of do that. And we said this yesterday. We said, hey, look, at some point in time, somebody's got to get a hold of him. Somebody's got to – you would think it'd be him. You would think it'd be him because he does love the game. And I do think he loves the game, right? I mean, he's probably watched – at some point, TNT, at some point, Sports Center and ESPN, at some point, it had to come across his eyes that people were speaking a certain way about him. I'm just talking about him. He's got friends, he's got family, he's got agents. I'm sure they've seen the way people have spoken about him. So you would think at some point it would click. And we kind of talked about this yesterday. I think we had a caller yesterday. Um, kind of that not suggest, but say, you know what? Maybe it, it isn't anything other than, you know, the agents trying to get a hold of him there as well. And, and maybe JJ Reddick, who's repped about the same agency, was kind of nudged or, or told, hey, you know what? Have at it. You know, got to shape him up, got to wake him up a bit. Maybe that's why he went to Portland, because when we spoke to people, as I said yesterday, that knew about his time over there, or the reason is they kept referring to it as the Nike campus. I'll ask Will specifically who it was that he was around there, and was he on a Nike campus, meaning like, you know, where Nike's headquartered, to maybe being around his brand, because, I again, it's an investment for them, right? 100 mil, Jordan shoe, I mean, it. It's an investment to try to get him in shape, try to get him thinking a certain way, be professional. Regardless, maybe it, it worked. Because towards the end of the show yesterday, NBA Today, Malika Andrews, in the middle of the show, reported that she had talked to C.J. McCollum early in the morning, and that the two have spoken. The two have talked. A little round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. They have talked and spoken. And then, yesterday afternoon which is why I went with the whole Frankenstein It's Alive thing just now. He posted on social media, on Instagram, in an Instagram story. It was Devontae Graham's game-winning shot at Utah. Now some people have joked that maybe he just finally got cell service and that, that, and that post finally went through since, you know, that game at Utah was, was quite some time ago. But look, there's no other way to look at it like that, at least in my mind, right? Somebody got to him. Maybe woke up, at least from that standpoint. Now I know that's not him being on the bench. That's not him being on the court. That's not him holding a presser. But you cannot overlook the fact that over and over and over again, the last two days, everyone has said, hey, it's time for you to start making your decisions, being seen up front. And look, I've said this. I, I, I am harsh. I just call it as I see it, right? I don't hate the guy. I don't 
want him traded. I don't want him to go to New York. I, th- there's a reason we were all excited on Fulton Street a couple seasons ago, right? We're all excited about that. That man on that court will make the team better. He can play. You just hope it kind of snaps and it kind of gets to a certain point. We can maximize what he can be. You never want to see a player not maximize their potential. One way, shape, or form. Now, we've brought up several players in the past that maybe he can sort of be like. Joel Embiid is the leading player that everyone talks about, right? He just heard it on Scott and Hahn that he was a guy that had trouble with his weights, you know, was seen eating on the bench, using his phone. I mean, he, he was a disaster. And then it snapped, you know, listening to Shaq and other guys calling him out. It snapped to the point where he became the actual leader on the team, and he was the one calling Ben Simmons a child. <laughs> I mean, that would have never happened several years ago. So there's still time. There's still room. There's still two years on this current contract. So you want him to just maybe realize it. And look, we all make mistakes, and we all sit here and go, well, maybe what we thought was the right path wasn't. And that's why I said yesterday, there's no, uh, you know, absolving of what David Griffin did. He made some bad decisions. It never works out always. I mean, that, that's the truth in sports. We talked about it across that parking lot. Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton have made some decisions that didn't work out. Free agency acquisitions, draft picks. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Doesn't mean that you can't move on and, and do that. And I think that's all I want. It's all I want from Zion. Hey, it didn't happen. You don't like the guy, it's fine. But as I've said, there's a certain level of respect that you have to give Willie Green. you got to give him a try. Everybody else is. Give him a try. Your teammates, got to give him a try. They're trying out there. Their efforts, their energy has made it to where people in this city are actually excited about this team. Their effort and energy has made it to where we're talking about them and we get constant phone calls in this show when I'm trying to talk Saints and they're losing. Their effort and energy has people literally wondering when Jose Alvarado is going to get a real contract. Their effort and energy created a fan base swell of support to get the team to sell Herb Jones jerseys, a second round draft pick. That's all we're asking. That's all we're saying is give it a shot. Give it a shot. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out because what's happened is the narrative has changed. In two to three years, the narrative has changed. You're screaming A's. You're about to still do it. You still do it to an extent. Can't win in New Orleans. You still do it to an extent. But you, you heard today, 15 minutes ago. Did you hear what Bart Scott said? Remember that he said something along the lines where, wasn't that the same organization that was run by the Saints and all that, but, but it's not anymore? Like even he corrected himself. Like, even he was saying, look, man, they're trying. And and, and the narrative has changed. And I wonder if that's why we're starting to see the signs of it's alive, (laughs) right? Look, man, that's all we want. You know, if you need surgery, go get it. Go get healthy. Get back. Make an effort. Play. Play your way out of here. Play your way onto a legacy. I mean, I I think everyone wants the same thing, right? And I don't know if y'all heard that or not. Jordan just texted me right before the show. Did you hear Lee? Lee, I heard you, buddy. I heard you. National radio. Bart Scott and I talking about New Orleans, baby. And how if you buy in, they'll love you. If you don't, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. 
but there's still time. And, yeah, we can joke about it, and I am. I'm going to have a little fun with it, but at the same time, I am happy that at least the guy knows how to pick up his phone now and do that. That's all I've said, remember? I've offered my services to the Pelicans and Zion's agency. Just give me some gear. Give me a, you know, Cat and Gale jersey. Maybe a courtside seat or two for a game or two. Take the wife on a date. That's all I want. I'll be all a part, I'll be all a part of your crisis management team. Cause that's all I've been saying. Get ahead of it. Change that narrative. Create your own narrative. You know? That's what I would have done. I, I'd have been on with, with Antonio Daniels and Joel Myers. You know, for a quarter, every now and then in a game. Sit in between the graph and JD or the graph and Daniel Salerson upstairs in the game. And just call it with them, you know? Make comments on that's a nice play there. Man, that Alvarado kid can really run. Just do all those different things. Instead of going off to Never Neverland, be here, rehab, and then, you know, once a week, go to high school. Bring a box of Jordan brand headbands, t-shirts that cost them nothing. And stop in a grammar school or a playground. And if you do that, man, ain't no one talking about you not playing. They can't wait to you to play. They feel bad if anyone calls you fat. They they don't want to hear people saying you want to leave. They're all about you. And that's easy to do. That doesn't include running. All it includes is you wanting to do it. At the very least, while you're sitting on a couch, if you're having a pizza, or if you're just chilling with some Mountain Dew, pick up your phone. Tweet. Oh, what a move by Alvarado. I see you, B.I. I mean, just <laughs> there's all kinds of things you can do. That's why people have been, I think, so hard. And that's all I'm saying. You can do a lot of things to get a hold and create and ahead of your narrative. You can shape it in today's day and age. It's super easy. Next time Chuck calls you fat, tell him I'll see you. It's an hour, ten-minute flight to Atlanta. That's commercial. Borrow Mrs. Benson's private jet. Go have a shirt off. Take yours off. Take Chuck's off. Have fun. See who can run the fastest. You know? Play a game of horse with them. I mean, just, I mean, there's so many things you can do. But bottom line, he posted on an Instagram story. Hopefully that's a good sign. And again, it's CJ McCollum. Maybe he's the mentor that he needs. Because again, I do think you absolutely want him back on the court. And you want the Pels to do better with him. Coming up this hour, though, Scott Prather will talk to us about a interesting game last night over there in Acadiana. UL defeating SLU in 10 innings. We'll talk about that as well. And then coming up next segment, though, Mr. Larry Holder. The Saints making a move. They wave a kicker. Does it mean the other kicker is good? And what did Marcus Williams mean by posting what he did on Instagram? Yep, that's where we are this day and age, guys. <laughs> we're... We're trying to judge based on social media. For two days, people are trying to decrypt what Aaron Rodgers' social media post was all about. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation. Got a couple of guests and a couple of slots open for you as well to chime in. Quick break. When we come back, Larry from The Athletic on the Sports Hangover on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> 
at Greg LeBlanc Toyota. And we're celebrating. Check out the fresh new inventory arriving daily. Plus great deals now at Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Check out the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Greg LeBlanc Toyota has given top dollar for your trade. We want your trade in. Or check the inventory online. Online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These super savings won't last long. Greg's got the deals. South Hollywood Road, Homa. Shop now. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets makes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates on auto insurance. But what does that mean? Surprising. This often means something comes out of nowhere, like finding that $20 bill in your dryer. Great? Well, obviously, great means superior. Rates? Simply what one pays in exchange for something. And in this case, that something is State Farm being there when you need them most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios in Cutoff. The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Welcome back. In a matter of seconds here, we'll get with Larry Holder of The Athletic as Buddy will get a hold of him. Saints making a move, waving kicker Brett Hart. Yes, that means that Will Lutz is healthy and ready to go. We'll ask Larry about that. And then yesterday, Marcus Williams on Instagram is bench pressing. And and as uh, as he's bench pressing, there's a little graphic at the bottom. It says, free agency, 21 days, 16 hours, 35 minutes. Oh, boy. So what does it mean? What does it mean? Does it mean anything? I mean, look, I think as Nick Underhill from New Orleans that football posted and other people as well, just means he's probably excited about free agency and, and, and um, you know, wants a long-term deal. But, look, he got franchise tagged yesterday. When you take a look at it, it's one of those things that, Gotta imagine he probably does not want to be franchise tagged again. As we welcome in Larry Holder of the Athletic at Larry Holder's the way to follow over on on social media on Twitter. Larry, good afternoon. How are you, sir? What's up, Goose? How are you today? I'm doing well, man. Um Social media, dude, that's where we are now. I'm all excited because, you know, he's alive. Zion posted, you know, I mean we're we're reading into social media tweets. What should I make out of Marcus Williams benching 
but at the bottom there's a graphic countdown to free agency. Um, I would make of it that he is counting down to free agency. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I, uh, I think he, uh, him, Ron Armstead, I'm sure they're definitely counting down to free agency because both will be paid handsomely. Now, by who? That's the big question. And, uh, you know, you look at uh, uh, just like you go to the Athletic and you look at uh, my colleague, Theo Capadia. He has his top 75 uh, free agents. And those two guys are in the top 10 in the league. So wow. they are definitely going to be targeted. Uh, and, look, Ron Armstead is two. And Marcus Williams is within the top ten. So uh, it, there's no doubt that those two guys are going to be targeted. And I'm sure the Saints are going to go about this as they normally would. They'll have a ceiling of how high they want to go. And, uh, you know, they. It, I don't think they're going to want to overpay for these two guys. And so uh, how high do you want to go? I think that's, uh, uh, that is an important question given – you don't know how much you're paying your quarterback right now, and if you want to get other pieces right. uh, to the puzzle, how much are you going to want to be willing to pay for those guys as well? Larry, let, let's take those two and, and see if you can sort of help us understand maybe what that market will be in terms of the Saints as you kind of know how this team sort of operates. We've seen them in the past, right? If they want somebody, they'll go get them, even try to keep their own. Sean Payton's philosophy was that, and and it meant a lot of times giving them top deals or among the top or the top. Let's start with Teron Armstead, though. I think with Saints fans, it's easy to sort of see with him second or first-ranked player in his position going into free agency. The Bengals, other teams would love him. He's going to be offered a big check. And here in New Orleans, he's known as when not injured. Teron Armstead, right? I mean, there's a there's a prefix to his name. So, I think for Saints fans, they almost probably expect Teron not being resigned. How high you think the Saints go with him? Well, I think his deal is going to probably hover somewhere around twenty million a year on average. Oof. You really want to pay him that, uh, you know? And how much? That's that's the thing. I mean, it's you're paying uh, Ram check and. That's right tackle money. Left tackle money, you're, you're paying a little higher. And, uh, you know, skill-wise, Nitron's one of the best in the league. But as you and me and Saints fans know, and, and as you just mentioned, it's about health. And, uh, you know, as a, as a team out there with a lot more money uh, to spend than the Saints, are they going to try to go after him? I'm sure they will. Uh, so, And I don't foresee the Saints putting any kind of franchise tag on him. So I think that's uh, – uh, it, it, to me, it feels like it's a similar situation of a, a bunch of years ago when uh, Jermon Bushrod came up for free agency and uh, he got a big time deal from Chicago and the Saints weren't re- able to go that high and they let him walk. And, uh, you know, and then that's when, heck, that's when we started seeing the first of Teron Armstead. First, right. of course, it was Charlie Brown and, uh, Poor, poor Charlie Brown. I've, I've seen enough. Armstead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've seen enough. It's I've right. seen enough. I was definitely front and center for that one, uh, that presser in, uh, in St. Louis. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but, but, you know, it, it, it really depends. I mean, do you really want to give him $20 million a year on average? Because I feel like some team is going to. And, I mean, do the Saints have other fish to fry? And, you know, and if, of course, if you don't resign him, do you sign another tackle, a veteran tackle, or do right. you go into the draft thinking, all right, that is a major priority now 
and you probably addressed that in round one or two. Let's go back in time, shall we? August 14, 2015. I saw enough. I saw enough, period. I mean, it was enough. <laughs> saw enough, Larry. Or, or, I'm, I, I love how you have that on cue. Yeah. No, it's ready to go. I, I got all of yeah. that ready. I was trying to see if I could find the Charlie Brown. <laughs> Why everybody was picking on me? Poor uh, Charlie Brown. Actually, here it is. Why is everybody always picking on me? <laughs> because you're not very good. That's why. No. All right. So let's go to the other side of the football. What What's the ceiling, you think? You gave us 20 mil, you probably think, for Teron Armstead. What do you think Marcus Williams gets or, or will be offered in the free agent market? Well, I think it's at least north of 15. I mean, that would be me. You know, and you got to look at it in terms of the franchise tag. Look, at least the Saints were willing to franchise tag him last year, pay him under that. Uh, but also, is it is some other team? I don't think I, – I, I just don't see the Saints franchise tagging him again. Right. Uh, so I, I feel like that uh, that you know, there's a reason why he's counting down. And, uh, you, know, you know, do you want to pay – a free safety, you know, uh, 15, 16 million a year. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's, uh, is he that good to pay that much to? And again, some team probably will be able to do that. But here's the thing. Like when you have both these two top free agents, right? Uh, you know, you've got to almost kind of pick which one you want. And then there's the other variable of, of quarterback. I mean, what are you paying a quarterback? Right now, you don't have your starter. Uh, his salary is not accounted for in the salary cap. So, which, uh, where do you go from there? And so, it's a, you know, I, 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 for me, I'd be leery to go big bank on free safety. Uh, that's that's just that's me. But right. you know, uh, 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 it just doesn't affect the play as much as maybe some other players that you would want it. Like a corner, you know, they're you know they're locked down. You know, safety, do you want to invest that much money? Teams do, but do you want to do that for someone like him? And I, I think that's the – for me, I don't know if I would I would go and overpay for Marcus Williams. I, I just uh, – I, and I don't think the Saints would do that either. All right, so there you go. Larry Holy Athletics saying, you know, kind of be prepared, Saints fans, for the possibility. Maybe neither of those be back next year. And I, I, Larry, you laid out the case. I don't think Saints fans would be too surprised by that. you got a lot of things to kind of get into. Uh, rapid order here, got four and a half minutes. What we've seen in the last week, though, two weeks, uh, apparently Michael Thomas all in wants to go monster mode next year. That's probably a good thing. Um, what kind of receiver do you think the Saints will try to pair with him on the other side? I like a guy like Traylon Burks in the draft. There's some free agency. Do you think it's a big receiver, a speedy receiver? What are they looking at for that number two spot? Well, you probably want to add some speed. I mean, you have good speed with Marcos Callaway, and he would probably – uh, or maybe your number two guy with with, with Michael Thomas. And so, you know, I, I feel like uh, someone you could probably point to is uh, Chris Olave from yep. Ohio State. I mean, that's that's one where uh, he could you can move him around. I, I feel like that that's what you want to do. Someone who could probably play the slot in the outside, uh, and uh, you know, that to me would be some like even I remember even last year before and Olave side of the state, Ohio State. I mean, people were mock drafting him to the Saints last year. Yeah. So it, may, it still makes sense that they could use someone like him. But, but you know, uh, you know, Burst is a bigger receiver. Uh, you know, you got. I feel like you've got a big receiver. You know, say if with Michael Thomas, and so 
but look, any of those guys, you know, you, you've got a bunch of guys from Ohio State, a bunch of guys from Alabama. Right. I think any of those guys would, would fit well with him. Yeah, no doubt. Jameson Williams, um, today's, you know, surgeries. We saw a quarterback blow up a knee and play in the Super Bowl. So I think Jameis will be fine, and Jameson Williams probably will be fine at the start of next season. Uh, Larry, you know the staff as well as anybody here as well. Your thoughts on Pete Carmichael staying around, being the OC, which to me makes me really, really think that Jameis Williams, uh, uh, Jameis Winston will be your quarterback. And also, what's this defensive coordinator dual thing here? What, what's a what's a co-defensive coordinator thing going to look like? Well, in terms of Carmichael, I mean that made the most sense. I thought that would be, you know, initially right when Dennis uh, was hired, uh, that that would be the case. But uh, look, it took a little while to figure that out. But right, uh, yeah, I think it also just shows you where what you're probably thinking about at quarterback, and you want to fit more of the, uh, you know, Sean Payton rhythm type passing style quarterback, and uh, you know, it it makes sense for Jameis Winston. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, but how much is it going to cost? Would he want to go somewhere like Pittsburgh? You know, other places might be interested because there are a lot of teams who need quarterbacks, and uh, there are uh, not as many to go around. So there might be markets for Jameis Winston, even right. though he only played uh, a handful of games. Uh, so, you know, but Carmichael makes sense. Uh, and then you're bringing back someone like Doug Marone. You know, they work together, so that, all that makes sense, too. Um, Anytime I hear co-defensive coordinator, I get a little leery. I, I just think that, uh, you know, if you're two people trying to work together, it's almost like, you know, if you have two quarterbacks and you have none, I mean, I think that's a stretch maybe for defensive coordinators. But right. still, I, I just think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Dennis Allen's going to be in charge of the defense. So I think this is more to – try to give both of these guys a title because they both deserve it. A little bit of a pay raise and, you know, they, they're they able to, you would have Nielsen work on the front end and, and you'd have, uh, uh, you know, Richard focus more on the back end and then Dennis calls the play. So, uh, you know, I think the fact that Dennis is a defensive coach, it, it does, it's not as, I'm not as leery of the co-defensive coordinator uh uh, positioning that it seems like that they're going to go in that direction, right? Uh, just because Dennis will be in charge of it. Now, if it were the other way around and Sean Payton was naming co-defensive coordinators, I'd be I'd be leery. Like, uh, like I mean, hey, uh, even Dennis Allen when he came back, he wasn't a co-defensive coordinator for Rob Ryan. He just kind of waited and watched him get fired, knowing right. how it's going to happen, and then he took over. So, uh, even in that sense, he didn't have co-defensive. Larry Holder. I didn't ask you for my own sanity, but I saw you post something about Aaron Rodgers' toe. You and that feet thing, man. I mean, it's bad enough you had to put your feet on me for so many months while you did the show with me, but now you're tweeting about people's feet. Well, I can't help it that um, our Packers writer, uh, Matt uh, Speedman, is the one who got the, the picture of Aaron Rodgers' toe, and then he made that his own avatar, Aaron Rodgers' toe. Hey. <laughs> The Aaron Rodgers toe. Thank you, Larry, for your time today, bud. Enjoy yourself. All right, good. Keep talking, buddy. There he goes. That Larry Holder over on The Athletic. Quick break. We come back. Scott Prather from ESPN Lafayette joins us next on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans.
Terrebonne General Health System Community Sports Institute is recognized for outstanding service and contributions to Terrebonne Parish. We provide a certified athletic trainer to every Terrebonne Parish high school. We also provide concussion baseline testing to over 1,400 student athletes annually, along with CPR and AED certification to over 500 area coaches at both the schools and the recreation departments. We are proud to be your trusted resource in keeping our community safe. Visit TGHealthSystem.com. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So, yeah, I used the savings from switching to Progressive 50 years ago to finally buy my dream car. It's a self-driving flying car, but we just say self-flying now. You know, because it's the future, and cars fly in the future. So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Dale's President's Day event has arrived, and we're honoring you. For the artists and gaming fans out there, it's time to get more into what you're passionate about. For a limited time, save up to 250 bucks on select Alienware and XPS computers powered by Intel Core processors. But the deal doesn't stop there. Take advantage of our special pricing on monitors, docks, mice, and other accessories. These offers won't last, so start your upgrade today by visiting dale.com slash President's Day or by calling 800 by dale Talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Welcome back. It's the Sports Hangover, your home for Pelicans basketball. They'll get back to action on Friday on the road. Suns and Lakers, the first two games out of the All-Star break. We'll get Scott Prather's take over on the Pels and the fact that looks like Zion found his phone. Or he's got cell service. Either way, he posted something on social media. Get his take on the Saints and NFL. And we'll start, though, sir, with um, welcoming you. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, Gus. What's going on? Not much, sir. I'm watching the Tulane men's basketball team go through shoot-around. They'll be playing tonight at 7. I got a game at 3. And how are you this morning? Because you had to stay up late last night as Southeastern and the Cajuns went at it. Extra innings, a walk-off 6-5 win for UL. Yeah, I'm a little tired, uh, but I'll, hopefully I'll get a nap in for uh, an afternoon for the kiddos. But, yeah, it's hard to go to sleep after a, a game like that. Man. It was, it was great atmosphere, great finish. You and I say it every year. There's a lot of really good college baseball in the state of Louisiana. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, for the Gajans, you open up the season with a series win against the ranked team on the West Coast. You come from behind an extra inning to get a win at Southeastern. Now they head to Austin where they're going to be in the tournament to play you know, the number four team and the number two team in the country. So no time to rest on your laurels. They'll, uh, they got some, some stiff competition coming up here in just a few days. I would, want to quickly touch on that, too, because, look, we, we spoke to pretty much all, all of the head coaches back on Thursday of last week, man. It, there is some serious baseball. I mean, I, I don't know if, you know, Ben from Barstool Sports is, is being serious, but he said $200 a ticket for LSU and La Tech and yeah. what they're doing over there. I mean, there's expectations level on the lakefront with Blake Dean and UNO. 
LSU, of course, 51 runs in the opening weekend. Tulane wants to get in to uh, postseason play. What are the expectation levels in Acadiana? Well, I mean, Coach Deggs is never one to uh, temper enthusiasm. He comes right out before the season and says, we're a regional team, period. You know, the Cajuns have been in a regional in several years. So he um, he's not holding back. He says, what's the point? You know, because then if you do do well, then are you supposed to be surprised? No, it's set the expectation behind you beat it. Right. Um, that's just his personality. I think it's taken him a little while to get a roster of sort of alphas and you know, players of, of his kind of mindset, just ultra-aggressive. But uh, he's got them. I, I, think, I think they got something, you know, I, I don't know about in terms of top-tier pitching, in terms of, you know, weakening guys, that could be, that, that might be an issue or it might be sorted out in time. They have a deep staff, but in terms of just a couple of true aces, that's TBD, but, but from an offensive standpoint, they are, uh, they're absolutely loaded this year. They're going to have great offense and they're going to score a lot of runs. They're going to hit a lot of balls. They're going to steal a lot of bases. That's Scott Mimics, the way to follow Scott Prather over on Twitter. ESPN Lafayette does the morning show there. Scott just spoke with Larry Holder of The Athletic, and we touched on two things that popped up yesterday on the Saints. First and foremost, the waving of Brett Maher. I mean, that, that's probably a good thing. That means Will Lutz is ready to go. Normally when you see a Saints kicker wave, it's, it's not a good thing, but this team missed Will Lutz, didn't they? Did they? I mean, if they had had Will Lutz this year, they're in the playoffs, honestly. There's a couple of games there that they win. Uh, the kicking without Lutz at times this year were just, it was a disaster. Some extra points, the field goals. Uh, to have, excuse me, to have a former pro bowler like Lutz back in the swing of things, he just, he never could get right. He tried, had a setback, and yeah, man, I, uh, of all the, I, I think because of all the things the Saints had to overcome last season, you almost, I don't want to say forget, but it, it's kind of low on the list when people bring up all the things that were missing last year. Probably should have had no Will Lutz a little higher on the list when you consider the impact of his absence. I think one of the other things that obviously you you, you look at how special teams was a, a major role here as well, and you wonder, you know, having Deontay Harris having to be more of a role on the offense as a receiver, that took anything away from it, things of that nature. You know, there's so many changes in, in attention being paid to offense corner or defensive corner, things of that nature. Special teams, it's been key for the Saints the last couple of years, hasn't it? Huge. You know, JT Gray is the only first-team All-Pro this year, and he's been playing at that level since they signed him as a DFA. He is an elite special teamer. Deontay Harris has been an All-Pro. Blake Gillikin was great last year. You think of that Washington game, you don't really think about Cody Parkey's one game of the Saint where he went 3-5 of five on PATs and then landed on IR. You think about the other guy punting and, and, and kicking, and that's Gilligan. He was incredible. You know, outside of just not having a consistent kicker this year, the special teams was pretty strong for the Saints. Now, Harris wasn't, you know, I know he was suspended for three games. He missed some time, and of course he was on offense a good bit, but even though he wasn't at the same level he was as a, as a rookie when he was all pro, he still is such a good returner. I mean, the Saints made it a, a, a very concerted effort to invest on special teams back really beginning in 2017. Prior to that, you know, outside of Thomas Morstead, you had had a stretch of just really, really lousy Saints special teams. And I think once they made that concerted effort to invest more in it, both in free agency and in the money, and you see guys like Justin Hardy, 
do so well, then leave and go to New York. I, I think you've seen a big difference here. In, in, you know, a, a run of five straight winning seasons right. for the previous five, you win the division. Special teams was a huge part of that. And you go back to some of those seven and nine years, and even even in 2013 when you had a good – go back and look at the special teams in those seasons. And it was out, – again, outside of Morstead, it was some of the worst special teams in the league. Yeah, no doubt. It's definitely been a key when they have success, and when they don't have success, you can probably point a finger to it. Speaking with Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette, um, what do you what do you make out of Marcus Williams' post, where there's a countdown while he's bench pressing to free agency, to 21 days on the graphic now, 20, because it was yesterday. As I mentioned, we just spoke with Larry, and he was like, you know, um, whether it's he or Armstead, he could probably see the Saints not retaining or overpaying perhaps for both of those players. Where do you think Marcus Williams lies? I think he's probably back. You know, as far as his countdown goes, I think he's just decided to, you know, get a multi-year deal. I mean, they're not going to tag him again. So I think um, of the two, think about it, right? Dennis Allen is now the head coach. He's got a lot of pull, a lot of say. They franchise tag Williams last year when they their cap situation was considerably worse than excuse me currently is and i know currently it's not you know the most ideal in the league but considering all the sacrifices they had to make last year gus that they franchise tagged him now dennis allen is the head coach i just that's pretty telling for me i don't think he's going to want to let that guy get out the building as far as the countdown i don't, I don't know that it's what saying oh it's a countdown for to leave i think you know, I mean, he could. I, I could be wrong, but of the two, and, and I love Armstead, but of the two, uh, of, of, if you told me one of those two is gone, I think it's going to be Armstead because, first of all, an all-pro left tackle, even one of his age and even one, I guess, with his injury history, is still going to get buku money on the open market. And safety is, you know, especially one like Marcus Williams, he's going to get a good deal too, don't get me wrong. But long-term and value and now who the head coach is, I think Marcus Williams is back with the Saints next year, and I think Armstead's probably playing somewhere else. Okay, I could see both of both bo- you know both of those ways. Uh, Larry say, look, if it's north of fifteen million for Marcus Williams, do, do they pay that? Um, maybe trying to invest it in your quarterback or receivers or other players there as well. But to your point, he look, hey, they tagged him for a reason. They like him, and you know, whenever you heard Sean Payton, I would probably assume Dennis Allen speak of them. They feel very highly about him there as well. Um, what do you make out of the co-defensive coordinator thing? I thought Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints yesterday explained it really well. Probably you give Ryan Nielsen the run game. You give Chris Richard the passing game. They coordinate it. Dennis Allen calls the plays. I think that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think the co-coordinator thing, I'm not crazy about it when they're in charge of calling plays no issues with it with a football team whenever the head coach is the one doing it you know uh, the raging cajuns you know they had co-offense coordinator but billy napier was the head football coach but it wasn't that big of a deal because billy napier was the play caller you know what i mean and so they divided it up between tim leger and michael desimo michael desimo now the head coach if you will and leger is the current oc so uh, the fact that you know if i would be a lot more concerned if they had co-offense coordinators yeah, co-defensive coordinators and your head coach is the one that's still going to be primarily have his thumb on top of that defense. I, I don't, I don't get the people that are 
you know, considering this to be a bad thing. It's a way for him to really help out. First of all, both of those guys, you know, get a quote promotion, right? It, it looks more attractive on their resume. They probably get maybe a light, a slight raise out of it. And, you know, Dennis Allen still kind of gets to do his thing. So I think it's, it's more semantics and title than some, you know, huge difference. They'll have more responsibility, obviously, because now Dennis Allen has more responsibility. So he's going to have to pass some on to them. But I have no issues with it at all. It'd be, be more concerning to me if you had co-offensive coordinators. And finally, Scott, I'm all excited because at least the social media account of Zion Williamson on Instagram, it still works. He posted an Instagram story yesterday. Malika Andrews on NBA Today on ESPN said she talked to C.G. McCollum. They have spoken, Scott. Uh, what do you make, man, out of the last couple of days from C.J.'s comments on TNT to J.J.'s comments yesterday to what appears to be Zion getting the message by yesterday evening? Well, I think he needs to do more. I mean, he really needs to speak up. Just, you know, telling Malika or having someone tell her that, you know, they, they spoke. Well, the details of it, really, not much other than, well, they spoke since McCall said he hadn't spoken to him, even though he tried to. And that was after he played five games with the Pelicans uniform. And putting up a story, it's almost it's almost kind of like, hey, guys, I hear you, but I can't really say anything. <laughs> you know, I, there's been so many just contrasting reports about Zion. Who knows what to believe? But he could clear it up, and I get it. Man, and he says something now, then some folks are going to say, oh, I don't believe it. Whatever. Still say something. You were the one on media day that went up there and almost in a sarcastic tone, I think, as, as Will Gilry wrote, was like, I'm glad you asked me that. No one ever asked me how I'm feeling. No one ever gets a chance to. I mean, you, everyone, we, I, I've said this before, guys, when you are silent in sports and it's a, it's a TV situation, and this one somewhat is, right? There's, there's, some, there's some drama involved. Most of the time, folks are all going to just assume the worst. Fair or not, that's what's going to happen. You know, say some more, do something, move. And, 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 and fans have gone from shifting blame from Griff on the Zion, back on the Griff, back on the Zion, and both, and what is he doing, what is he doing, and all this stuff. And there's just so much we don't know. And, and I feel like the organization, they, they probably know maybe slightly more of something that's going on and they can't say anything. Whenever something's shrouded in mystery and a fan base that's, you know, been lied to, and a fan base that's, you know, been heartbroken by superstars before, you're not going to gain their trust by being silent. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, I'm glad he put a little story up, and there was a little Devontae Graham buzzer beater somewhere in there. And I'm, I'm <laughs> glad that he finally did talk to CJ in yeah. some way. Before. Who knows how long it was and what it was, right? Was it a text? Was it a long conversation? I, I, I'm glad there's something going on, but it, at this point, it's – there's there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Well, we've been speaking for years, sir, at least once a week, if not more. So I guess that means we got a pretty good friendship, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, shoot, we don't we, we, we talk off the air too. You know? <laughs> we, do, we do, we do. Yeah, see, either that. I have no idea. I haven't, I haven't heard from. Him. I mean. Apparently, anecdotally, I think Gus is doing fine. So <laughs> right. told me that. Uh, actually, actually, my wife would probably ask you how I'm doing because I probably speak to you more some days than, than I speak to her. Yeah, so right. That's well, kind of uh, how it works. Anecdotally, he's, he's doing very. That's what she says, right? Yeah, exactly. Especially when you send over a bag of cracklets, my friend. Uh, as always, I appreciate right. our conversations on Wednesday. I love coming on your show at the end of the week as well. Go give him a follow on Twitter at Scott Mimic. 
His name is Scott Prather. He does a morning show over at ESPN Lafayette, among a hundred other different things. They are the home of the Cajuns as well, which is why we always have them talk. You well. Thank you, bud. Enjoy the rest of the week, and I'll talk to you later. Sounds good, Gus. Appreciate it. Sounds good. Shoot around continues for the men here over at Tulane as we are on Ferret Street. I got a game to call the ladies at three, which is why you hear the music in the background as they're going through shoot around. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, Coach G, Pat G. Conteri, his thoughts on the ladies getting paid in women's soccer for the national team. We'll talk about that next on ESPN New Orleans. The cleanup continues from the recent storms, and we want you to know that nobody can get a metal roof or metal building to you faster than Reed's Metals in Brookhaven. For all your metal building components, Reed's Metals has it all in stock. Roll-up doors, insulation, skylights, purlins, and more. Our metal building frames are American-made steel, all put together by certified welders. Metal buildings and everything you need with quick delivery, too. When you call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven, 601-823-6516 or online at reedsmetals.com. An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-size problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will seek king-sized awards for their clients. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. It's Mardi Gras time and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and 18 stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. No way. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. Man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Coming up at 2.30, Will Guillory of the Athletic. His uh, thoughts and reasons why he wrote about Zion Williamson this morning. Sean Fox at 1.30. Louisiana Tech and LSU playing tonight over on the Diamond. Reportedly, tickets pretty high. We'll talk about that. Corey Glory, 1.15. We'll talk about tonight's. Tulane Houston game and why it's so big right here in Uptown New Orleans. And joining us now, though, to talk a little soccer, Pat G. Conteri. We like to call him Coach G. What's up, sir? How are you this afternoon? I'm surviving. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Um, the ladies are doing real well. Of the women's national yeah. soccer team, they uh they settled and their equal pay lawsuit netted them twenty four million dollars. 
Yeah, um, it's, it's finally, um, after years and years and years, and been reading a lot about it lately. And this has been a struggle since, I guess, the start of the national uh, team for the women in 1983. So um, here it is, uh, almost 40 years later, and they finally uh, obtained their goal of equality. So um, it, it, it's about time. You know, when the United States is paying the men $36 million for a World Cup appearance and only $5 million for the same tournament, but for, for, for the women, um, I, can, I can understand where they're coming from and being like, where's our cash, where's our pot and stuff like that, especially when they're winning tournaments um, after tournaments. So um, it's good to see, and especially with Title IX, um, the equality of, of women in soccer and, and throughout um, sports and even in our uh, culture, um, just having the equality, have a chance to be as equal as men. But uh, one sad, sad note that I, uh, <laughs> that I saw is the women sued for $66 million. They only got one-third of that. So um, they said that they're happy, the, the national team is happy um, with it. But, again, they just lost $44 million on the table. So there's some uh, some negotiation maybe in the future. But since the quality now is here on the table, the United States must promote the women's team even more so, try to get some of that money because now they have to dish out more. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more advertisement. Hopefully ESPN and other major uh, sport networks will pick up them so they can promote them, and try to get back some of this money. So um, it's phenomenal for the women. It's about time that they do get their equal pay compared to the men. It's an interesting notion to kind of put on there as well as, you know, you take a look at how they performed mm-hmm. back in the Summer Olympics, and it, it, it's almost like a, a shift and a change, though, as well, right, with some of their more outspoken players maybe rubbing fans the wrong way. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that they did or they didn't, but, you know, when you go back to their last World Cup and – just how they were viewed and things of that nature. I, I don't know. It's just it's just going to be interesting moving forward to see the change in the next several years because that's been our focus when the men have mm-hmm. been playing here in World Cup qualifying. And first and foremost, there is big news because there's going to be a player mm-hmm. that's not going to be on the pitch for them over the last three World Cup qualifying games. Yeah, yeah with McKinney, um, fractured his second and third metacarpal on his left foot, so... He can barely even stand right now, so he's going to be out for about eight weeks, and that's really going to hurt our chances, which can put even more pressure on uh, Christian Pulisic. And I've been reading lately that Christian Pulisic, the weight of him being the superhero, the the savior, the golden boy of the United States uh, national team, it's weighing on him now. So now with this injury and Reina, um, who hasn't been playing since September, he finally got in um, his club team, and within 30 minutes, he gets hurt. So right there, we lost two kind of big players um, on our team. And like I said, I just my heart goes out to Christian Pulisic that he feels that he needs to save everything, where he should feel and he should know it's a team sport where everyone needs to kind of pull their own weight. Uh, Pulisic is hot right now in Chelsea. Um, they had a phenomenal game uh, the other day against Lille in the championship. So his performance is getting where he should. Uh, remember, he's, he's been injured all season with Chelsea and the national team. So right now, he's getting to his form. But he can only carry a team so far. But, yeah, we got Mexico, Panama, and Costa Rica the next three games. And they're sitting two, three, four. They're right around us. So these are kind of uh, games that we must get max points if we can win all of them. Phenomenal. Right. Uh, but without McKinney in the middle, kind of our, our leader, it's going to be kind of hard to get those points right now. Do you think the benching of Pulisic has something to do with that? Or 
one way, shape, or form, you know, maybe him not playing clearly like that led to that, or maybe the benching has him thinking, you know what, it shouldn't be on me. Because quite honestly, and I'm not trying to be critical, I'll ask you. You know way more soccer than me. But I almost feel like in a lot of these games, it's other people that are scoring, not him. And I almost wonder if we, as fans or media, wrongly, Put the label of America's best player on him. Is he? Like, I'm not. I, I'm not trying to be ugly. I. I, I don't know. Is mm-hmm. he the best he's, player? He's a, that he's US a phenomenal has? player. But even on his club team in Chelsea in England, he's more of a setup kind of guy. He's yeah, uh, the, the runners. He's a streaker kind of guy. But then on the U.S. national team, he's a different player where we expect him to score and not the setup guy. So even when he comes to the national team, he's got to change up his his style of game. And even at that level, it's got to be different. It's difficult because you're so used to ingrained, um, taught, trained, so forth, so away, and playing under, under the Chelsea realm and the Chelsea right. way to come to the national team. And maybe he just didn't fit well against um, certain teams where Berhalter just left him on the bench. Maybe it was too cold. Maybe he was scared of uh, being injured. There's so many different factors. But there's definitely a message of saying maybe we don't really can trust you or put the team on your shoulder. So let's see what the team does without you. And I believe we did win, what, 1-0 um, without him, um, where he came off the bench to score that goal. Right. But it's just one of those things <laughs> that, like, too much pressure can actually hurt a player. So it's going to be interesting to see who's going to step up in uh, McKinney's place right now and see how Burkhalter kind of shifts things around to see uh, who he can fill the void with. Had to quickly count five Friday, uh, Thursdays, if we include tomorrow, sir. U.S. versus Mexico. Then a couple mm-hmm. days later, in the 27th, it's Panama. Then the 30th is Costa Rica. We'll find out then mm-hmm. if the U.S. will be in the World Cup. That it's crazy, right? I mean, it, it it's going to come down to those three games. It, it's it, we're here. I mean, it, it's a month away. Yeah, and as, as sports fans and soccer fans, like this is kind of what we love. Like the very last game can decide. You know, watching all our club teams and all the leagues and uh, throughout the world, it's always fun to watch the last couple of weeks of like, oh, we have to win, we have to win. You actually buy into the sport a little bit more, so this kind of helps out the fan factor. But yeah, we need to uh, the, the nails on my uh, all my uh, fingers right now are chewed off just thinking about the possibility of us not making it, especially with uh, McKinney being hurt right now. Yeah. Coach G, as always, appreciate the time on Wednesdays you give us. We'll chat again next week. Yes, sir. Happy Mardi Gras, guys. There he is. Happy Mardi Gras. Coach G, Pat G. Conterry joins us on Wednesdays to talk a little soccer. Uh, that wraps up our number one force. When we come back in our number two, Corey Glore will join us at 115, 130. It'll be Sean Fox. Will Guillory, 230. But when we come back, we'll open up the phone lines. If you want to chime in on anything that Larry has said, Scott has said, or Pat has said, um, love to hear from you as well. Do, do you see, do you envision Saints fans, Marcus Williams and Teron Armstead being back? One or the other? Do you choose one or the other? Who would it be or neither because of the money that they're probably going to be offered elsewhere once free agency hits in 20 days? We'll discuss all that in more. Plus, yes, national sound. Brian Windhorst is at it again on Zion and on LeBron. Poor AD. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. At 
Thibodeau Regional, we're proud to announce we've received HealthGrade's 2017 Outstanding Patient Experience and Patient Safety Excellence Awards. Once more, we're the only hospital in Louisiana to achieve both awards four years in a row. Why should this matter? Because it confirms two things. Our commitment to quality 